Well, I want you to open your Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, as we're going to uh, continue to uh, look at that uh, series of messages, the by this we know statements that are in the book of 1 John. And as we look at this, we're looking at the evidences of salvation. And so today we're looking at that very first evidence of salvation. So far what we've looked at and begun to understand is uh, uh, that, that uh, you know, we can know, we can truly know that we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ when we have fellowship uh, with Jesus Christ. Amen. And also we looked at last week the fact that uh, these are the evidences of salvation. These are not the means of salvation. The means of salvation is faith in Jesus Christ and only faith in Jesus Christ. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you then have fellowship with Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we look at this text of scripture this morning, 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 3, we're going to be looking at verses 3 and 4. And so as we take a look at these two verses uh, uh, today, as we take a look at them, we begin to understand here is the very first by this we know statement. Remember John said in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, which we're memorizing. Remember, we're hiding God's word in our heart that we might not sin against him. So memorize 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. He says, I write these things to those who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so the reason he's writing these things, he says, is that so you may know that you have eternal life. I write these things, he says, so that you may know. And then we come to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. And what does he say? He says, by this we know that we have come to know him. And so when we look at that very first text of scripture, that very first by this we know statement, he gives us that evidence right there in this by this we know statement. By this we know that we've come to know him. By this we've come to know him. If we've come to know him, as 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13 says, to those who believe on him if we come to know him we have eternal life amen we have everlasting life so if we've come to know him we're going to have this evidence within us this evidence within our lives now let me let let me let you know something right off the bat that doesn't mean we're going to live it perfectly that doesn't mean that we're never going to make a mistake that doesn't mean that we're never going to mess up that doesn't mean that we're going to live flawlessly for Jesus Christ but what it does mean, that's our heart, that's our intent, that's our desire, that's what, we, what, what, that's what we're striving for within our Christian walk and within our Christian life. In those times in which we do mess up, we know it and we repent of it and we get right back on that track. Amen? So as we look at this, again, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3, by this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. If we keep His commandments. And so when we look at that, we begin to understand that we've come to know Jesus Christ if we're keeping His commandments. And so when we're keeping His commandments, we're living in accordance to the way uh, that He has said. You know, when we begin to understand that, we, we understand that, uh, you know, we, got, we have a command. We have a command from, uh, from Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? He is Lord. Amen. He is absolute Lord. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. Now, Brother Ronnie could tell you, and Brother Terry could 
could tell you, and anybody else served in the military could tell you, if you have a commanding officer and that commanding officer gives you a command and you don't follow through with that command, that is insubordination and that is not tolerated. Amen. That is not put up with. And so there's going to be consequences to pay for that insubordination. There's going to be consequences to pay. Say, you know, I've heard the command. I know the command. The command is very clear. I understand the command. I know what I'm supposed to do. I have the means to go about doing it. I just don't want to. <laughs> right? Brother Ronnie, how well is that going to go over in the military? It's not going to go over real well at all, is it? Amen. Amen. It's, it's, it's just going to it's going to be like a lead brick. Amen. It's going to hit like a thug, uh, like a, th- a thud. And so when you begin to look at that, you know, we, we, we tell our children, we tell our child to go in there and say, uh, you know, I want you to go in there and clean your room, right? Child knows what they're supposed to do. The child has the command from the parent. The child knows that they're supposed to go into their room. They know how to clean their room. It's the opposite of the way they messed up the room. You just do it the, the uh, opposite way right and so they know what they're supposed to do and so instead you go you go in there an hour or two later and not only have they not called up uh, not only have they not cleaned their room but now they have some friends over and those friends are over here hanging out in the room you say well what happened I commanded you to clean that room and say well I know the command I heard the command and so so well, why did you not do it and why are all of these friends over well I've got all my friends over and we're having a discussion on what it would look like if I was to actually do it. Isn't that what Christians do? We don't actually do it, but we gather together and we talk about it. Amen. We gather together and discuss this is how it would look if we actually did it. Amen. This is the this is the way we would go about doing it if we actually did it. Well, Jesus didn't tell us to just gather together in a circle and talk about how we do it. He said, get after it. Amen. Do it. Actually live it out. Actually live through that and do exactly what it is that God has called you to do. If you keep the commandments of Jesus Christ, this is a way in which with the very first evidence that we find that we know that we are born again believers in Jesus Christ and God is doing a work within our lives. And so when we ask ourselves then, well, what in the world are the commandments? Well, what are the commandments? We, we, you know, we, we, we say, well, Jesus has commanded us to do a lot of things. And so when we understand that, yes, Jesus has commanded us to do a lot of things, I want you to understand we need to be doing all of those things, and we're, we're going to get look more at that next week as we looked at the fact that Jesus is Lord, and we need to live in accordance to the fact that Jesus is Lord. But when we look at the commandment, this is a very specific commandment that the Bible is being very specific specific about and being very clear about. So what is the commandment? Well, John says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23, just flip over there one other chapter, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23, it says, this is the command. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We say, well, what is the commandment? John said, here it is. Amen. This is the command. It is right here. This is the command that I want you to keep. This is the command that Jesus has given to us. This is the commandment that we believe in the the name of Jesus, uh, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. So first of all, we believe in the name of the Son of Jesus Christ. 
Christ, right? Of His Son, God's Son, Jesus Christ. We believe in His name. That's the very first thing. So we have to be saved, right? We have to be born again. We have to believe on Jesus Christ for salvation. And then the second thing that goes right along with that, the second thing is, is that we love one another just as He commanded us. Amen? So yes, Jesus commanded us to do a lot of things, but there is a very specific commandment. There's a very clear commandment that we find. First of all, we need to be born again by believing in the Son of God. We need to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And as we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we love one another. And so when we begin to understand that, we begin to understand that that, that, that the love of God is only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when we understand this, somebody came up to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22. And in Matthew chapter 22, they asked Jesus, they said, Jesus was the greatest commandment. Now they were trying to trick Jesus. They were trying to trip Jesus up. And, and so what is the greatest commandment? He said, is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And he said, the second one is like unto it, and that's to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he goes on to say something absolutely profound. He said, all of the law and all of the prophets rest upon those two. And so what we can really say is the entire of the Old Testament rests upon those two things. Loving God with everything that you have and loving your neighbor just like yourself. And so when we understand that is the commandment of Jesus Christ. He summed it up in those two things. Loving God with your entire being and loving your neighbor just like yourself. And that's really what the Apostle John is getting across and saying right here. But I want you to know that love is the commandment, but it's it's a very specific type of love that, that, that John is talking about right here. He says again, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and loves the Father. And, uh, and, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. So whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, so if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, then you have been born again. You're meeting the criteria of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23 that you believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. So you believed in Christ. And so if you've believed in Christ, you're also going to love the Father. And so that, 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 that belief in Jesus Christ, that faith in Jesus Christ, is then going to introduce you to the Father. And as you introduced to the Father, you're not going to be able to help yourself but to love the Father. Amen? And so then you're going to have love for the Father. And as you have love for the Father, you're going to love the child that is born of the Father. So you're going to love God and you're going to love the child, very specifically the child that is born of God. And so then we ask ourselves a question because this opens up a kind of a Pandora's box. Well then, who is the child that is born of God? Who's that child? Is everyone a child of God? Is every single person that has ever been born, every single person that has ever lived, is every single human being on this earth who ever has lived, whoever lived, will live, or is every one of them a child of God? And the answer to that question is no. No, they're not. Now, we are to love everybody, and we'll look at that in the future. We're to love everybody. 
There's no doubt about that. We're to love even the unlovable because Jesus did. Amen. So we're to love everybody. But very specifically right here in the book of 1 John says to love the child that is born of God. Now, everybody is created of God. Every single man, every single woman, every single child, every baby that has been born into this world is a creation of God. And every one of them are created in the image and the likeness of God. That makes them special. Even those unborn babies, even the babies in the womb at the point of conception, they are a child that that is created in the image in the likeness of God. But listen, they're not a child of God as of yet. Well, what makes them a child of God? John chapter 1, not 1 John, but the Gospel of John chapter 1 and verse 12 says this, But as many as receive Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in His name. So what do you have to do to be a child of God? You have to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And once you receive Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. Amen? You're a child of God. You're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so once you become born again, you are a child of God. Everyone is a creation of God. Everyone is created in the image of likeness of God from the point of uh, of conception. From that time on, you are created very special uh, individual that is created in the likeness and the image of God created by the hands of God that God formed you even while you were in your mother's womb. For that, that makes you special but you don't become a child of God and you receive Jesus Christ until you're born again and once you're born again and then you enter in that relationship with God guess what you're part of the family of God and once you're a part of the family of God a joint heir in Christ Jesus our Lord adopted children of God the Father he literally becomes our father amen and we literally are his children Join heirs adopted into the family of God. Those are the children of God. And we're commanded to love the children of God. Yes, we're commanded to love everybody. Even the most unlovable, even the most unlikable. But we're especially commanded to love the children of God. Amen? The children of God, our brothers and our sisters who are in Christ Jesus our Lord, we're commanded to love each one of them and we're commanded to love them the way that Jesus loved them. You know, when we look at this and we begin to understand and recognize this, the Bible says right here in John chapter 14, 15, uh, verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So love is evidence of whether or not God has done a work within your life and is doing a work within your life. And very specifically, the love of Jesus Christ that manifests itself into doing a work that is saying, yes, Lord, I will keep your commandments. Remember, it's not 
the means of salvation, it is the evidence of salvation. It is the evidence that you truly are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Now, when we looked at that a couple of weeks ago, we looked at having fellowship with Jesus Christ. And so, remember, as we looked at having fellowship with Jesus Christ, that you are in Him and He is in you. And you have that, co- that, you have that community with Christ. That's what that word really means, is the word community, or you are a partaker of Jesus Christ. Just like when we have communion, right? That's where that word communion uh, comes from. And you take communion, you're a partaker of that communion. And when you are in fellowship with Jesus Christ, you're a partaker of Jesus Christ. You are in Jesus Christ and He is in you. And friends, I'm here today to tell you that you cannot be in Jesus Christ and be a partaker of Jesus Christ without Jesus Christ having an influence and an impact upon your life. And one of the greatest characteristics of God is love. Amen? And that love will rub off on you. Even the most harsh and unloving person. I remember before I became a Christian, before I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was not a lovable person and I was not a loving person. In fact, I didn't like anybody. That's just who I was. I didn't even like myself. I wouldn't have admitted that, but I didn't like anybody. That's just who I was. That was a part of my being. And it wasn't until I came into fellowship, came into relationship with Jesus Christ, that that love began to rub off on me. It began to dwell within me and began to manifest out of me, but not by anything that I have done, but because of what He was doing within me. Amen? So Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Realize He didn't say, if you keep my commandments, you're going to prove your love towards me. No, that's not what He said. It's the opposite of what He said. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Why? Because you love me, and you're going to get to that point where you just can't help yourself. You just have to do it. Amen? You have to do it. Because that's a part of who you are. It's ingrained within you. Just like today we're supposed to social distance. Amen? And some folks, I mean, and and my wife gets on to me all the time. She's not here today. She's with her mama. Well, she gets to stop shaking hands. It's like, I can't help myself. Somebody walks up in front of me, that hand goes out, right? It's just, that's, that's just who I am. That's been a part of who I am for many years now. Some of you, you see somebody, you're going to hug them, and you just can't help it. You're not, you know, you're not trying to be mean or ugly or rude. It's just who you are, right? It's ingrained within you. And you just can't help yourself. Well, you can't help but to obey Jesus and keep His commandments. And you can't help but to love when you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Also, another thing we need to understand is that the love of the brethren is a mark of true conversion. Jesus said this in 1 John, or, or John said this in 1 John chapter, two, uh, chapter 5, verses 2 through 3. He said, by this we know. This is one of the other by this we know statements. We'll get to, uh, in this in, in a few weeks. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments. 
commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. It's not burdensome to show love towards another believer. See that name on the caller ID is like, oh man, them again. What do they want this time? <laughs> right? No, you're, you love to be there for somebody and to stand in the gap for that person. And it's a blessing to you. Yes, some people can abuse it and walk over it. And I understand that. It's in your heart to be a servant. Amen? For some, it's more, more natural than for others. For others, it's in their heart, but to get their feet to cooperate, it's a little bit more, <laughs> more challenging. Amen? But it is in your heart. And you know it's in your heart because God is doing that work within your life. But how does Jesus love? How is it that Jesus loves? You know, Jesus loves us despite us. Just like Brother Keith said earlier, we're all sinners. Every single one of us are sinners. But He still loves us. He loves us despite us. But then you have those folks who say, oh, I'm not going to church because there's too many hypocrites in the church. You know what? It says more about the heart of the person who says that than the hypocrite that's actually in the church because at least the hypocrite's in the church. But the one said, I'm not going to church because of all those hypocrites. You know what that says? They have no love in their heart towards Jesus. They have no love in their heart towards the children of God. They have no love in their heart towards the church of God. And God is not doing that work within their life. And it says a lot more about them than it says about that hypocrite within the church because the love of Jesus Christ loves that hypocrite. The love of Jesus Christ is brokenhearted over that hypocrite. The love of Jesus Christ Christ wants to bring that hypocrite into the fold of Jesus Christ and just love on him and bring him back into repentance. That's the heart of Jesus. That ought to be our heart as well. Amen? That ought to be where we stand. He's also long-suffering. He'll put up with, with a lot for a long time. Now, he has his limits. And that day of reckoning can and will come if there's no repentance, but he is long-suffering. Amen? And how many of us can say praise God as a result of that? And he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He'll stick with us even closer than a brother. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 10 says this. It says, For the mountains may be removed and the hills may be shaken, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. All praise God for His love. If you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, then that love ought to be manifested in you as well. Then we get back to 1 John, and 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3 says, by this we know that we've come to know Him if we keep His commandments. But then, 
John starts saying some interesting things. You skip on down uh, to verses 7 and, uh, and verses 8, and, and uh, you know, you can kind of get a little bit confused right off the bat with this. Say, well, what in the world is he talking about? Seems like he's talking in riddles. Seems like he's talking about uh, talking in circles. He said, uh, Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining and so when you read that you say what in the world is he talking about I'm not writing a new commandment to you but I am writing a new commandment this isn't a new this is an old commandment but really it's a new commandment it's a commandment that you've already heard but it's a commandment that's brand new and you say well what in the world is he talking about the old commandment the new commandment is he talking about the old commandment of the Ten Commandments? Is he talking about the great commandment that Jesus uh, that, that Jesus gave, that you love God with everything you are and, and, and you love your neighbor just like yourself? That he said in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36 and verse 40, that is the old commandment that you have heard. But what he's saying, look again at verse 8. He says, on the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him. It is true in Him. It is true in the person of Jesus Christ and in you. It is true in you. Why? Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So it's an old commandment that you've already heard, but once you become a brand new believer in Jesus Christ and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, it becomes brand new in you because He is in you and now through the work that Jesus Christ is doing in you, the darkness is fleeing and the light is coming and it's coming to fulfillment within your life because Jesus is in you. Amen? Amen? And so we begin to understand that it's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ that we can walk out the type of love that He so desires for us to walk out and apart from a relationship in Jesus Christ, we can never walk out the type of love that He would call us to walk out. So when we begin to understand the old, yes, it's the great commandment, love God with, every, with all your heart and your soul and your mind and uh, love your neighbor as yourself. The new is this, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, what we have seen, what we've heard, what we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus, that you have fellowship with Jesus Christ, and through that fellowship, He begins a good work in you, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, but if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin through that fellowship the more and more and more of the light that is shining of Jesus Christ within the light within our life and the less and less and less and less dark that is shining within our life you know some of y'all noticed I have something new on my face this morning I had it Wednesday they're kind of driving me crazy a little bit, but I can see a whole lot better now. 
You all look very sharp this morning. Amen. There you go. I can even see all the way to the back row. I can keep my eye on the back row Baptist now. Amen. But the doctor explained it to me this way. These glasses don't really magnify your vision. These glasses allow more light to come into your eyes. And the more light that comes into your eyes, the better you see. I just got these last week. I said, hey, that'll go good with this message. Amen. Now I'm trying to figure out how to walk with bifocals, and that's interesting when you don't have, when you don't have balance in the first place. So pray for me. But love is the evidence of fellowship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Is an evidence of fellowship with Jesus Christ. John 13, verses 34 through 35. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. Now, that's, that's pretty big shoes to feel, isn't it? How did Jesus love us? He died for us. To love one another, even as I have loved you. That you also love one another by this. You're the greatest evangelistic strategy in all of the world by this. All men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Friends, if we're loving one another, and this is a loving church, but our love for one another ought to be the greatest evangelistic tool that we have. Either those folks out there in the community say, those, those are a bunch of weird people. They all love each other. And that is strange in the world in which we live in today, isn't it? It's very strange. I believe a whole lot of people say, well, I want to be a part of that. I need that in my life. Amen? So let me ask you today as we close out. Are you a liar? Or are you living in the truth? Are you living a lie? Are you living the truth? 1 John 1, 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. We lie and do not practice the truth. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 4, The one who says, I have come to know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. So where do you stand today? Do we walk in this love perfectly? No. Do we miss many opportunities where we could show and demonstrate and express Christ-like love? Yes. 
But in truth, today, as the praise team makes their way up this direction, can you be defined by love? If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I've become a noisy going or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Is that you today? As everybody stands this morning, is that you today? Friend, are you a liar or are you walking in the truth? Do you know that you know that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Again, it's not that you're doing it perfectly, but it's that your heart is there and your heart is being stirred and your heart is being changed. Can you say that's your life, that's your testimony, that's your walk today? If not, today would you come unto repentance? If you know you're a believer and you're not walking in love, repent. Today, if you know that you don't truly know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you come up here? Allow me to introduce him to you. You come as God stirs in your heart. Right now, as the praise team leads, you come. I have decided.